Ready for so, a countdown? Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Oh, Don's not on the other end? Don's not here. Don has to do accounting all day today. Oh, no. <clears throat> well, it's end of month, and she was gone for the last two weeks. Like we were around? Yeah. I was. So what, you ready to start now or something? I'm looking at you for a countdown. No. 999, 998. No. 99 bottles of beer on the wall. You can count for as long as you want. Are are we still in area 53? You know, we could we could get like an hour podcast if you started from like an hour, a 100. If I started from an hour, we could have an hour podcast. <laughs> 60. 59. Wait for a minute. 59. <laughs> count down. All right. Do we get paid by the minute or by the pixel or what? I want to get paid by the listener. Oh, that'd be cool. Penny a piece. We just we just broke twenty two thousand. All right. Penny a piece, that's two hundred and twenty bucks. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> now we just have to figure out now who's you just gotta, give it now to you us. Just got, now you just gotta get them all to donate one penny a piece. <laughs> then the show will have money and we'll be able Ooh, to continue forever. Yeah. There you go. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. What are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Oh, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan. I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan. I got a plenty from Poland, but none from Sudan. or from Fiji or Uzbekistan. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together. Live from Area 53, where the real space aliens are, this is Stamp Show here today, episode number 149. I'm Cash. For spaghetti and pasta makers, here's a great idea. To save time, boil extra water, and then freeze it for use later. Yeah, that's something Cash would do. I actually saw that this week, and I was thinking about using that because I thought you guys would find it funny. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm Scott. When you find yourself facing a rattlesnake, just do a handstand. Most people get bit on the legs and feet, so. Unless you're doing a handstand, then you get bit <laughs> on the arms and fingers. No, that's a, statistically that won't happen. <laughs> Statistically, if you're standing on your hands, probably a hundred percent chance that's where you're going to get bit. I don't know, maybe unless, of course, you're really bad at it and you fall on them, then you get bit in the face, butt, face. This is Tom. Since bread always falls butter side down, I suggest you drop your bread first and then butter it afterwards. 
Does that avoid the five-second rule? Depends how fast you are with the butter. I guess so. And as you can probably tell by now, we are lacking Dawn, so. We are Dawn lacking. No mistress today. Yep. These and other life-changing tidbits of information are coming to you here on Stamp Show here today. So pull up a seat and have a listen. First up, we have the myth of the forever stamp from an online article from 2013. Ooh. The article states that some first-class stamps now have the word forever written on them and then crossed out. These are regular stamps, not forever stamps. What? Who wrote that? (laughs) That's not a serious thing, is it? 2013, that's what they were looking at with forever stamps. They have the year they were released printed on them, and when postage rates increase, you will have to refer back to the postage rate for that year. Calculate the difference yourself. Yeah, this is uh, an old, old one because when they showed the picture of the stamps, it has the word forever. And then it had a line through it. Yeah. Well, that just says and it's the every, post office's picture, so it's not that one. That picture is invalid for postage. Yeah. No, a, no. People actually thought that because it had the line through it, it wasn't a forever stamp. Well, they were right in part. It wasn't a stamp at all. <laughs> yeah. And those who thought they could use it for a stamp are boneheads. Well, yeah, that too. But yeah, it was a uh, common myth back then. That forever stamps with lines through the word forever were not forever stamps. What's our next tidbit? The Postal Service has an unofficial mascot, Oni, the well-traveled terrier. Oni? Well, well this, Oni. this is actually old news because... Well, based on the picture and the o- script it is. Oni's been around for a very long time, and when he died... They stuffed him and stuck him in the museum. Yes, but how, why did he die? And they issued a stamp for him because he's dead. Oh, what stamp did they issue for him? <laughs> oh, now you got to make me go get the catalog and look up the number? Well, <laughs> it was a couple of years ago. They issued a stamp for Oni the dog. Really? <laughs> yes. Because you know why he was, you know how he died. He bit the mailman. Old age. <laughs> no, he bit someone and was put down. He bit the mailman. <laughs> he bit the mailman. <laughs> he bit somebody and was put down. That's uh um Oni is a dog who traveled on railway mail cars. Mm-hmm. Through and he traveled across the country. In the eighteen nineties. In the eighteen nineties. So for him to have recently died, that would have been a very, very old dog. Yeah, but they put him down because he bit somebody. Well <laughs> Okay. You got to feed the dog sometime. <laughs> that's, that's harsh. Well, I have one. What stamp issue sold more stamps to collectors than any other stamp? Well, that depends. In actuality or according to the U.S. government? According to the U.S. government. Oh, that would be Elvis. <laughs> 124 million stamps were sold to collectors, supposedly. So where were we? Elvis. Elvis, done with Elvis. We are? Yeah. You didn't say how many were saved. Actually, they're figuring one of these, one of the newer stamps was issued. They were talking about that possibly having beat Elvis. Oh, which one could that be? I I don't remember. I I vaguely remember seeing something in the last week or two. Well, there are buy ads 
for forever commemoratives. Well, yeah, I know and there they are. are paying good money for used forever stamps because there are so few of them being used. Out oh, there. used forever stamps. Yeah, used forever oh. stamps. My collection might actually be worth something. Then. Yeah, <laughs> no, they have. Uh, I mean, usually, you know, you'll get like a dollar or two for off paper on paper commemoratives. They're like fifteen bucks a pound. I'm. I still haven't gotten all the ones from. Let me rephrase that. I haven't even come close to getting 10% of the ones that were issued in New York in May of 2016. Oh, yeah. I have not. The classics. I've gotten one or two from the from the National Park set. I have gotten I've zero. I've gotten three or four from the classic set. I've gotten maybe the same three or four, yeah. It's not been a whole no, lot. No, no. It, I haven't even seen the ugly, colorful celebration stamps. I've got one or two of those. Yeah. It's finding forever stamps used is going to be, you know. It is going to be. Take you forever. Yeah. (laughs) Super challenge because none of them got used. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on to our next topic. Candles were once used to determine the postage rates. Is that like horses and horsepower? Huh? Huh? Candles and candle power? No. Hmm. No, they used to shine the light through a letter, and the less light that went through, the more you would have to pay. Because there was more paper in it. Because there was more paper. I wonder how many letters they burned. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, I was thinking, why don't you just weigh them? I mean, they could weigh stuff. In in 1693, you could weigh Because it was quicker to hold it up to a candle than it was to throw it on a scale and mess with the little weights. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. A process known as candling. Candling. I suppose if you folded your letter too many times, you'd end up paying more for it. Yeah, that would be a... Well, actually, you wouldn't pay for it. The recipient would. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, that's one that uh, is further down the list. I thought that was a really weird one. Ah. Ah. Well, we'll continue with our list then. Okay. The first touch of humor did not appear on a U.S. stamp until 1963. The five-cent city mail delivery stamp was issued for the 100th anniversary of free city mail delivery. The design by Norman Rockwell featured a letter carrier holding an umbrella, followed by a smiling boy and a little dog. And how is that humorous? Oh, I laughed and laughed when I saw that. Not really. I don't know. Personally, that's why I collect the chicken stamp. That's the first humorous stamp. It is. Well, that didn't have humor in it. We just laugh at it today. It celebrates the poultry industry. But it doesn't. It it celebrates 100 years of nothing actually going on. (laughs) I mean, unless you think they invented the chicken. (laughs) Yeah, they invented eating eating chickens 100 years (laughs) before that stamp. I I mean, it literally is a stamp that commemorates nothing. And uh, that's why I collect it. That's That's the first funny stamp in my opinion. Well, now is there an actual story behind it? Is it like the, well, poultry it, industry? Is it like one hundred years since the first like mass production? Well, poultry some, factory. Somebody started? with no, a poultry nothing. factory lobbied yes. to get a stamp saying that Lots it was the hundredth anniversary of the poultry industry. In that year, they issued more commemorative stamps than any other year until you know recent. 
And it was just lobbyists would come up and say, hey, we want a stamp. And the poultry industry came up and they even invented this story behind it. You know, a hundred years ago, this guy was at a, some convention and he came up and he said, let's organize and stuff he like discovered that. discovered the chicken that crossed the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, literally nothing happened 100 years before that stamp was issued other than maybe a hundred year old chicken was hatched or something. Like I said, the chicken came, crossed the road. Yeah. They figured a hundred years before that stamp, they figured out which one came first, the chicken or the egg. No, I like yours. Uh, your Amazon joke. Oh yeah. I went on Amazon and ordered a chicken and an egg. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Enough about chickens. What's next? Oh, this one's in your area. This one's like money. Ooh. Why don't you read it? Okay, my tidbit is, in terms of the consumer price index, one penny in 1840 is worth 32 pennies today, pence today in price. But in terms of average income, it would be worth about $5 or five pounds, 61 pence. And that's because uh, the people... Even though it is a relatively low amount, people did not earn that much money. It's incredible how little people made, how hard it was to earn the money. Same thing is in the United States. Uh, Three-cent stamp in the 1850s is about 82 cents today. But if you actually had to work to earn 82 cents, it would take you about half an hour to make it. So if you have a $15 minimum wage... You're actually, instead of paying 82 cents, you're actually paying about $7.50 in real wages. And that's a minimum wage. So uh, I thought this was interesting, you know, how you compare postage rates. Oh, and just as a side, since we're talking about pricing, I saw this today on the <laughs> in internet. Pound, in pounds, no less. In pounds, yeah. Stanley Gibbons, which used to be a two or three pound stock. That was what, almost was between two and a half and three years ago. Yeah, about that. It, it We were, about six months ago, we were talking about being between 13 and 16 cents. Pence. Pence, sorry. This week, it fell to four pence a share. Quick, go out and buy some. Oh, man. Well, you know, that's what everybody's talking about is at four pence a share, that means that the business is worth $8 million. That's what they're valuing it at, $8 million. Stanley Gibbons, the whole kit and caboodle, is worth $8 million. Well, I would... Well, no, but how much do you think the Stanley Gibbons catalog company is worth? Well, the guy who owns the British Guiana one-cent magenta... Yeah. His stamp is worth more than Stanley Gibbons? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) His stamp is worth more than the whole company. But no, that's what everybody's saying is uh, it, how much is just the catalog of the company worth? And how much is their stamp collection worth? I mean, they've got stuff. Yeah, the stock that they have for sale has got to be worth well more than that. Yeah, it's it's the, the company is valued at like $8 bucks. It's totally undervalued as far as the stock is concerned. Yeah, unless they have you know liabilities that are going to use up all that money. Right, which, which they may. Which they very well may, yeah. They they very well could. But four pence a share. Why don't you read Speaking it? about the one cent magenta, okay. 
It was sold in New York in 2014 for a record 9.6 million U.S. dollars. The previous owner of the stamp, John DuPont, having died in jail in 2010 after being convicted of murdering an Olympic wrestling champion. Yep. And actually, there's a movie about that starring Steve Carell. Foxcatcher. 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 Yes. Yes. I had to think about that one. Foxcatcher. Yes. But it's not about the stamp. No, it's about John (laughs) DuPont. But they... But they mentioned the stamp. Yeah, they mentioned the stamp in it. They mentioned the stamp. Just briefly in passing... And as an aside, that stamp has not aged well. <laughs> no, <laughs> not no, at no, no, all. no, no, no. Not even a little bit. That is an ugly A stamp. So take care of your stamps because, you know, left to their own devices, they disintegrate. <laughs> well, if if it would have been in better condition, would it have been worth more than nine million bucks? <laughs> um, well, there might have been more people bidding on it, but I think it'll pro- it would have probably still topped out around the same mark. Yeah. Just because of the story behind but, it. Yeah, but I think more people might have bid on it because it would have actually, if it were actually attractive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, why is it cut into a um, octagon or hexagon? It's cut into a hexagon. No, an octagon. It's got eight sides, right? All the others of that issue are square. Why did they clip the corners off of that sucker? So they could tell the difference between one pence and four pence? I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, well. Well, speaking of our, or con- I should say continuing on our uh, British excursion, the Royal Mail was created by Henry VIII in 1516. From then until 1840, postage was generally paid by the recipient rather than the sender. Yeah, I love it. I actually put this into my exhibit. Um, in 1635, King Charles, and they called it a scheme because... Everybody said, well, yeah, if I give you, you know, let's say it costs the equivalent of five bucks to mail a letter. If I give you five bucks, you know, who's to say you just don't throw this in the river? And he goes, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be paid when the person receives it. And they go, oh, okay, that makes a little more sense. So actually sending stuff unpaid was a scheme because nobody trusted the post office. It wasn't for any other reason than that. Yeah, why would you hand something important or valuable to somebody else to deliver and you had no guarantee that it would ever get there? And again, you know, we're talking with some actual serious money for well, getting this Well, with out. correspondence, I mean, you're, you're paying for a service and you want to know that the service was completed. Mm-hmm. But if you were actually sending goods, oh. I mean, most people didn't send goods by the post at that time, they sent them by a merchant, yep. and the merchant would actually do the traveling. Although the post was, office was actually just for like letters and stuff. What was the story about the the bank that they shipped the bricks via parcel post because it was cheaper? <laughs> oh, where they moved the whole bank? <laughs> yeah, I forget the uh, city, but they they basically mailed a bank because it was cheaper to mail the bricks than to ship them. Thus ending parcel post, I believe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, no, that's when they set limits on the weight. Oh, that, that's right. You're right. You're right. That's that's what caused them to set limits on the weight. I remember when we talked about that. Yep. Who wants to hack, tackle number seven? Ooh, number seven. In 1973, Bhutan issued a stamp that could, pay, that could play their national anthem if it was put 
on a record player. They were little records. Yes, it was a whole set actually. Yeah, and and it's an expensive set too. It is now. Yeah, uh, I think they wholesale for three fifty to four hundred dollars for the set, and I um, think the set catalogs eight or nine hundred dollars. Yeah, it's incredible because I remember when you know this set was like sixteen dollars or something like I, that. Does, does, the, does, the, al- does that. the album cover condition affect the stamp price? Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I I actually had a set and I played these. I oh, thought really? it was, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. What I, speed I, what speed would you have to play those on like 6000? 45. Seriously. Yeah. The tough one was getting the little small ones on. Oh yeah, cuz they play. have the little itty bitty ones. I've never seen them. I imagine something like stamp sized and I'm like well, it went from a big stamp. I think I think the small one is the small one is two like inches the size in of diameter. A large, yeah, like a large stamp. Two but inches the, in diameter, and the, the high and, value. And then the is large one is about five six inches, or six five, inches, five, yeah. six, seven inches in diameter. Yeah. So yeah, they meant for only putting on parcels because it's too big for a letter. Oh, they <laughs> have some of them used on cover, <laughs> and they are pretty impressive looking. Oh yeah, I I wonder if it's a philatelic cover. You think? <laughs> How about this one? The United Kingdom is the only country that does not display its name on its postage stamps. Yeah, they have to show a picture of the monarch. Well, yes, and they uh, they invented, they invented the stamp. The stamp. Oh, oh, oh. But Brazil, the first issue of Brazil, also had no name on it. And the Austrian newspaper stamps never had any name on it. And I'm, I was curious, Brazil I can see, because they said, no, 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 Brazil, Britain gets to do that, but you have to put your name on. So they went, oh, okay, fine. But Austria for decades didn't put their uh, names on their newspaper stamps. Well, that was because they were um, intended for internal use only. Yeah, but there's any, a lot of any, stamps that are any stamp, internal use an, only. Yeah, and any stamp that is... Uh, Available for international use is required to have the name on it. But if it's only for internal use, it's not required to have your name on it. Mm. And that's still true today. I can't think of any... Well, I'm thinking through the revenue stamps. Anything that didn't say U.S. revenue or U.S. duck stamp or U.S. Well, a lot of times because they're associated with the federal government, they would say that. But um, has the U.S. ever issued a stamp that didn't have the letters U.S. on it somewhere? Um, nothing comes immediately to mind, but I want to say there's got to be something out there. Hmm. And I'm sure one of the guys that that deals in uh, revenues or ephemera or anything like that. I mean, obviously, state revenues are going to have the the state. Right. Um, but they wouldn't necessarily have to say United States. Well, somebody, if you know of one, put it up on Facebook. Give us a little educating because I can't think of one. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But then again, I deal mostly with state and federal revenues Yeah. Uh, when I deal with revenues. so what, um, about, what about the proprietaries? A match in medicines generally have U.S. internal revenue somewhere. Oh, yeah, they all have U.S. IRA. Because, oh, they because they yeah. were for paying the federal revenue right. tax. Right. So it was identified that way. Well, to all our listeners, if there's a U.S. stamp out there that doesn't have the words U.S. on it, 
or United States or United States or America or, or any yeah put it on Facebook let's see what we can find we're talking since the post office was formed right because the locals and carriers and provisionals don't necessarily have them do they yeah they do really let me think. Not blood. all of no, them. No, no, no. Bloods. No. Like Bloods Penny Post, I don't think no, no, has no. U.S. on You're it anymore. You're right. They don't yeah. have locals, it. Locals, locals don't. Generally don't. Some do. Very few. Yeah. So the first non-royal to appear on a British postage stamp was William Shakespeare in 1964. That's a long time to go without putting somebody else on a stamp. Who wasn't a king or a queen. However. Those narcissists. This is not a true fact. Because in 1929, and again in 1951, St. George. He wasn't a real person. He was he a real He killed dragons. Per- he was a real person. If you Wikipedia him, he was an officer in Diocletian's army, and he died in 285 for being a Christian. He was martyred. And I don't know why he was killing a dragon, but he was an actual person. And he was on a British stamp. I know why he killed dragons. He liked Chinese food. Dragons are Chinese, right? Um, You know I'm going to put crickets here. Put too Dawn, bad, too put bad you don't have Dawn cr- on there for as Put Dawn doing crickets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then also in 1963, the freedom from hunger issue th- showed three, the heads of three children. And one of those children, a young George Clooney. Yeah, right. Now we're going to put crickets on that for you. <laughs> the first non-royal on a, sta- uh, on a stamp was the 1887 five pence. It had a lion. That was the next, uh, other than, than Queen Victoria, the next living thing that was on a stamp was a lion. I don't buy that. You know why? Why? No Because plants. a lion is in the royal heraldry. Yes. Therefore, it's royal. Mm, so it was a royal lion. Prove it otherwise. Eh, I guess you're right. Only because they don't want to argue with it. <laughs> Wait, you don't want to argue? I'm, I'm surprised nobody argued with me that uh, George Clooney was on the, the Freedom from Hunger stamp. <laughs> I, think the, I, think, I think stating that we're going to put crickets in there... <laughs> I, I I thought well the, what's the who's, I thought who's the, the yeah right comment kind of <laughs> who's the who's on the one one of the stamps from the U S that is is clearly a picture of Chevy Chase oh really <laughs> yeah well anyway in 2013 Belgium issued stamps that smelt and tasted of chocolate oh we've talked about that before yep yeah we all we talked about the carp skin stamp. Codskin. Yes. Or Codskin. Codskin. Scott got one of those in the mail. Yep. Yeah. And the Sikorsky crystal one that I liked. You mean it's the Swarovski to... crystal? Swarovski, whatever they are. 
The Sikorsky crystal? So, really? So, a helicopter crystal? Sikorsky crystals. Yeah, Sikorsky. Sikorsky. Same guy. No. He, he invented the helicopter and he put crystals on stamps. And this like is it, why we have cash. <laughs> and I guess when it comes to getting used things in the mail, a used cod skin stamp would be better than a used cod piece. Yeah. Oh, well, you got the cloth stamps, right? The linen? Yeah, I've got linen. I've got uh, lace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got ceramics. Of course, plastic. Uh, the United States plastic uh, made the crisp, uh, plastic yeah. stamps. Yep. So now politically correct stuff. Ugh. The first woman... Featured on a U.S. postage stamp was Queen Isabel in 1893. The first American woman was Martha Washington in 1902. I disagree. Queen Isabella? Yeah. In 18... What stamp is that? The Colombian Exposition stamps. Because she was the queen that gave them the... uh, (coughs) The Nina or the Pinta or the Santa Maria. I forget which one she gave them. Or all three? Or all three. Why do you disagree, Scott? Uh, hold on a second. I'll tell you why I disagree. Uh, here he comes. Here he comes. Remember the word, first woman featured, not just one, somewhere in the background. It's got, it says featured. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Because it actually puts her name in the little description on the bottom. Yes. I understand. Oh. <sighs> Now, I, I, I need to look in the catalog to see who it is, but um, I, I can tell you for sure that if you look in the newspaper stamps, you're going to find women featured on stamps. But those are allegories. So there's an allegory of a woman on PR 125? Yeah. No. Yeah, but okay. Well, it's a it, Polynesian woman. Well, what's her name? Doesn't have to have a name. She's featured, and she's not an allegory. You want to know something? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to call this one BS too, because I think you're right. I think you you gotta you gotta because it says woman. It doesn't say famous woman. It says first woman. It's like you look at the stamp and, and go, and you that's said a woman I featured. Mean, yeah, some of them are like definitely women. They are not men. Oh well. The first Hispanic American featured on a U.S. postage stamp was Farragate, uh, and that was in 1903. Admiral Farragut. Yeah, Admiral Farragut. I'm with you. And the first Native American, and I disagree with this one, the first Native American to be featured on a stamp was Pocahontas in 1907. The, no, because the, they were Native Americans on the Columbus issue as well. Exactly. Absolutely. There, there were several stamps with a Native American. But they American. weren't featured. They were part of the... They were standing so, on land pointing at the ships. Yeah. I mean, they, they were they were as featured as Columbus. <laughs> I mean, Columbus was in the middle, but, you know, yeah. to the left and the right. I guess you have to define featured. Yeah. Which, uh, that's another thing is... Because uh, the Pocahontas stamp was actually like... Her portrait, right? Yeah. Or a bust? Yes, and it had her her top hat or something? Wearing the funky top hat, yes. That's it. I'm bringing a catalog to the podcast from now on. Yeah. The the surprising one for me is uh, the first Afro-American 
was Booker T. Washington in 1940. How can you tell? It was a single-colored stamp. <laughs> I'm editing that out. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, I can't think of any other stamp before that. 1940? 1940, yeah. Oh, there's got to be what, one. Which one was that? Was that the one? Uh, famous that, Americans. There's got to be one. Yeah. Oh, and then you know the phrase, neither snow nor, snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. Yeah, that's uh, not actually the USPS mo- motto. They don't have a motto. That one actually came from ancient Greece. So that. We're, we're busting a whole is, bunch of holes here. Is, isn't that engraved on the... Yeah. In the Postal Service's headquarters yes. thing. Yes, it is. But it's not the motto of the It's story. not the motto. They I I think the story is somebody said, Hey, wow, that's really cool. Let's go ahead and put that up. Well, that's about it. I, I don't have any other ones. I have one more, but it's not stamp related. The FDA ruled that love cannot be listed as an ingredient on food. They actually, uh, that came out in the news like a, uh, three days ago, that you can't put love as an ingredient. So you can't make cupcakes with love. That's horrible if that's actually a true thing that was put in the news. Oh, no, it, it you actually You cannot was. tell me that the F, you cannot tell me, A, that the FDA actually had to rule on that, <laughs> and B, that somebody actually brought it up to the FDA <laughs> yeah. as a complaint. Yeah, they actually ruled. You could Google it. You cannot list love as an ingredient. Wow. Yep. So are we petering out? Peter's already gone. Yeah. Our oh, our next our next extravaganza. Ugh. We're going to be talking about Alcibiades and Scipio Africanus. Let's not. Let's stick to stamps. They are. It's stamp worthy. Stamp worthy topic. I think not. I well, we'll find out next week. Won't I'm we? boycotting next week. <laughs> I've already. If written. that's what you want to talk about, I'm boycotting next week. Well, if you scan down, I've already started half the script. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you for joining us. This has been Cash Scott Tom, and I'm your host Don. Continue the conversation at Stamp Show Here Today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com, podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. This episode of Stamp Show Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurse, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today. Hi, this is Bob Prager with Gary Poser Incorporated, and we're in Long Island, New York, in New Jersey, and our philosophy of Gary Poser Incorporated is this. We would rather pay very fair prices on nine out of ten collections that we look at versus trying to just 
off a very low price is on one out of two and making a big score. That's never our philosophy. So if you want to be treated fairly, please give us a call anytime at 800-323-4279. And again, my name is Bob Prager. Return to send up Address unknown 